The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Yeah. All right. Welcome to Get It Done Sports Radio with your host, Karif Bird. Our program is an inside look at the total high school athlete and the college recruiting process. And we'll give you a better understanding of who Get It Done Sports is and how we produce a new generation of athletes today. Now, here's your host, Karif Bird. Good morning. It is October the 15th, 2013. I'm your host, Karif Bird, head trainer at Get It Done Sports for all your speed, agility, and sports performance needs. Visit us at www.getitdonesports.com. Send us an email at info at getitdonesports.com. Um, we're here today. We're going to do a little something special today. We got former uh, Cardinal baseball player, Dalen Monet, in the house today. He's going to talk to us a little bit about Tell us his story. Tell us what his experience has been like with pro baseball and what his experiences are like working with young kids today. Dalen, thanks for coming out, man. Oh, no problem. How, how's your morning going so far? Pretty good, pretty good, man. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you, man. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for coming by, Dalen. You um, you have a little bit of a unique story. Uh, you you you're a California kid. Uh, you lit you from you're from uh the L.A. area. You were drafted in 2002 by the Arizona, by, excuse me, by the Phoenix. Uh, excuse me, mm-hmm. the St. Louis Cardinals. Mm-hmm. I'm getting my football mixed up. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about yeah. that. In the 15th round, what was that like for you? Was that a dream come true, or was it something that you expected, or was it a shock to you? Um, to be honest, it was a bit of a shock and a bit of a disappointment at the time um, because, you know, three years before that out of high school, I was a seventh round pick. Um, so that made things a little bit, you know, it was kind of a tough decision where to go back to school for my senior year. Um, but I decided, you know, um, to be honest, prayed about it and then, you know, decided to go ahead and uh, and, and take the foyer into, into pro baseball. What uh when you when you came out you went to you went to uh, Cyprus I believe it was mm-hmm. and then you went to Oklahoma State was Oklahoma State your first choice? Out of Cyprus it was, it was uh, once uh, some things kind of fell through at USC but you know I had seen Oklahoma State uh, in the College World Series I think a, a couple of years before that and they had a great team uh, the year before they went really far um, they went to the Super Regional lost to Tulane I think the year before and they returned uh, seven starters. You know, so it was it was myself and another young man who ended up making it to the big leagues. We just plugged in those two outfield spots and, and we were ready to go. Did did T Boone Pickens have anything to do with you going to Oklahoma? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> That's a good question nowadays, and uh, I'm going to stay mum on a lot of the stuff that came out in the the ESPN articles. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did meet T Boone, great guy. Uh, he he more or less had a hand in in football, basketball. You know, baseball is kind of a, a small college sport; it doesn't get too much attention. A good guy, very very rich guy, mm-hmm. a very very rich guy. When you are uh, when you were in high school, um, you you played multiple sports. I know you mentioned you played uh, football to me mm-hmm. early before we got on air. Um, what was that like, and what was your transition to making a decision on what sports you were going to do? Um, an injury actually made the decision for me. Um, coming, I played safety and, and quarterback, and I had a, a actually a baseball injury at the end of my sophomore year. 
Um, and then, of course, they said, you know, they didn't want me playing uh, football my junior year. And then I decided just, you know, after that, you take the year off. And, and, you know, once I started to garner a little bit of attention, you know, on the diamond and baseball, it just it kind of made that decision a little bit easier. Um, especially with football and, you know, all you kept hearing, especially back in the day, it was, people weren't really as educated as they are now. They think, oh, you're going to get hurt. You're going to mess up your future. And, and to be honest, you can get hurt in any sport. That's true. You can get hurt in any sport. Basketball, you see the same type of injuries or worse, you know, knee, a lot of knees and things like that. I mean, it was just a, it was a soldier or I'm sorry, a, a shoulder injury. Shoulder. Oh, and we can't have shoulder injury when you're playing baseball. Yeah. Throwing is a huge, a huge part of that game. Yeah. When you look at young kids today, I know you work with a lot of young kids. You got travel ball teams mm-hmm. all over the place that you work with with kids. And what is the biggest educational point that you give them? Life education point that is. Well, that's probably the first thing, and I'm glad you said that. Life, because uh, the most important thing to me is making sure we're building better men. Because I mean, you're lucky if you get any of them, you know, to, to to go ahead and make you know to the major leagues and make some real money at it and make a living at it. I mean, we we're fortunate to have some pretty talented kids who. You know, believe it or not, uh, you know, most of them are, are ninth grade or going into 10th or in 10th grade now. And they've already committed to schools, you know, over half my school or half my team's already committed to schools and colleges. It's just a different world than what, um, you know, I even grew up playing baseball in 10 years ago, 12 years ago, being in high school. Um, but, you know, like I said, the most important thing is, is teaching them just skills that are going to help them in life and be a better young man. Um, you know, hard work, you know, uh, being accountable. Um, just things like that that's going to help them, you know, in the workforce. Because, you know, to be honest, not very many, if any of them, are going to, you know, have a have a chance to just go and play baseball and retire off of that. You know, most somebody's going to be working someday. Or, or, or even get a check for it. Exactly. You mentioned just a second ago about the, uh, you got some ninth graders, mm-hmm. you know, going to ninth grade, some kids going to 10th grade, you know, mm-hmm. already committed to schools. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit the same in just about all sports nowadays. And so it seems to me as you're, as you're coaching kids these days, especially at the high school level, even you starting back to sixth grade, it's almost as if it appears that you are coaching them up just to get through the recruiting process. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has become a big money deal. It is a hustle and bustle. Everyone's got to get the next best thing. And a lot of times I, I notice that some coaches, uh, sometimes they, they're only offering the kid just to make sure they were the first ones to do so. Mm-hmm. So what is, it, what is that process like and what do you tell young kids when you're going through this? Hey, man, because it almost appears to be less about the sport and more about the recruiting process. Very true. Um, it's funny you say that because I just had a conversation a couple months ago with uh, Coach Lopez, who just won national championship at University of Arizona, and he hates it. But he has to do it. Otherwise, yeah. he's going to look up and all the good players. I are think gone. a lot of coaches feel the same way, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, I think a lot of coaches feel the same way just to kind of reiterate on what you just said. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and matter of fact, last night I had a, a, a kid that just committed, you know, the USC off my team. He's a freshman. Hasn't played a uh, hasn't seen a varsity baseball pitch wow. yet. And uh, and he was almost committed to USC or, or actually it was between USC and UCLA before he had even found out what high school he was going to. He was either going to go to uh, the local public high school or there was a, a private school, you know, down in the San Diego area. And he almost chose his college before he chose his high school. That's what it's getting to now. Oh, it's, it's definitely become a, a more of a, uh, I mean, I don't want to use the word, I hate to use the word meat market, but it is, it is mm-hmm. a rough hustle and bustle. It's almost like, you know, before you tell a young kid, hey, you know, junior year is the most important year. no. Seventh grade, yeah, it's the most, it's, it's, the most it's, it's the most important year. Or man, and soon by I figure by the time I'm fifty years old, which is a long ways away, people. But I almost figure maybe 
third grade at some point. I mean, because you, they're looking at all the dynamics. I mean, it's like I said, it's big business. There's a lot of money involved. You know, kids are, you know, you, you're looking at the, you're, they're looking at the parents. Well, is, you know, maybe I'd like to meet your grandparents. They want to meet your grandparents because they want to see what the bloodline looks like, mm-hmm. what the genetics are going to be like. Is this kid going to be, is he stop? Is he going to stop growing in ninth grade? Is he going to be 6'2"? Is he going to be 6'5"? Is he going to be 5'9"? What, when you look at young kids, and especially you get kids that are being recruited early off your team, and then you have some kids that are getting anything, mm-hmm. how do you keep them motivated at this point? Uh, the kids that are already committed. The kids that well, that well, you know what? Let, 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 let's go to the kids that haven't committed. That haven't committed. haven't committed. Then we'll go back to the kids that have. That that's a good. That's a good one. I like that. You know what? The the ones that aren't committed yet. It's funny because those are the ones they look at the kids that are committed, and, and a lot of times they outperform them. You know, sometimes it's just it's small things that you know that they're looking for um, from colleges. A lot of uh, a lot of pitchers, middle infielders. Um, you know, uh, center field. They recruit up the middle of the field. So those are actually the first kids off of my team to get, you know, recruited. But a lot of times they get outperformed by kids who haven't committed yet, maybe be a late bloomer um, for whatever reason. Or or sometimes, you know, I have one kid, uh, you know, and I'm not going to say any names on the radio. I don't. You know, no, no, I don't, I don't blame. We don't use yeah. names here. Either. I understand um, that. And, and uh, they think he's too good. And they don't even want to bother because they think he's going to be such a high draft pick that, you know, he said he hasn't received a letter yet. Wow. Interest, interesting thing, but now when, let's now let's go to the kids that have committed. Mm-hmm. You know, they've committed somewhere. Is it? Do you find it's a little tough to keep them a little motivated? In baseball, I'd say not so much, but I could see where it would happen in football and maybe basketball. Um, baseball, just because a lot of them have that dream to play, you know, in the major leagues or get their career started as soon as they uh, graduate high school. So they're looking to, you know, possibly sign a pro contract you know, at, at 18 years old or 17 years old with the permission of their parents. So they're working towards that goal, which that same goal isn't necessarily available, especially in football. You have to be three years removed from, you know, your graduation date. And then basketball, it's it's a, a year removed, you know, from your graduation date. So it's, it's a little bit different. But as far as, you know, school, they say that they like to get the process out of the way. And, you know, um, I beg to differ. I, I think a lot can change in even just one to two years. Um, but, you know, they they, you know, think that that's probably the best thing for them. And what advice would you give to a parent in this situation? And let's go back again mm-hmm. to a kid that hasn't. OK, doesn't have anything going on. A kid that does the kid that doesn't have it um, going quite yet. I'd actually say be patient. Because, uh, you to know, a it's a parent. Wow. Not, no, no way a parent's going to be patient. Does that happen? Whoa. Yeah. You get some competitive juices going a little bit. Right. When they especially when they see their their child outperform another child. Um, and, and like I said, it happens more often than not. You know, a lot of times when they're given that that scholarship, you know, if it ever even materializes into an actual scholarship. But when they give that commitment, a lot of it's off potential. Uh, but when you get a, a you know, a, a young man who, who maybe hasn't developed physically yet you know be patient like you know they always say uh you know it's a marathon not a sprint right and 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 especially when you're you know looking to get four years of an education and then possibly even something beyond that you know from it then you need to stay patient keep grinding keep working and and then you know all the work's going to pay off what about a parent whose kid is is all world at in the seventh grade stay level-headed because a lot, like I said, a lot can change. A lot can change because, you know, just because they're all world in the seventh grade. How mean. easy of a process is that to do, though? I mean, you're telling a kid, hey, you know, mo- most kids are playing. And this is any sport. Mm-hmm. Most kids are playing because they, and you know what I found from a lot of young people is most of them 
don't want to play in the pros, they they pretty much have figured out the fact that it's it's probably not going to happen. It's a long shot, mm-hmm. and some kids really just want to. They just want to walk out of college with their balance that says zero. They don't want to mm-hmm. pay. Mm-hmm. That that's really what it boils down to. So the pro thing is is one thing, but the kids, you know, as far as the scholarship goes, it's 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 a little bit difficult. So when, when I when I look at young people today, and I and I and I and I ask, I ask them all, I ask kids all the time, who who in here wants to play in the pros? Not too many will raise their hands, and some of them won't raise their hand because they don't believe it, or some of them really want to, and they just don't want to expose it to their mm-hmm. friends. But when I look, most of them, when you put, ask them who wants to play college college sports. They'll all say yes, but I know it's a lot of times not because they want to, because they want to be, they really want to do it necessarily. It's just because they want to get the free education, mm-hmm. which is the bottom line at the end of the day. That's what it, really what it's all about. Yeah. What what do you when you, when you played high school baseball and you came out of high school? What was one of the biggest coaching points that a, a great a good coach or a great coach you might have had may have given you to to kind of get you going on your way? Um, to be honest, keep the game fun. You know, I think uh, increasingly now it, it's, you know, with the Internet exposure and everything else that's going on, all the different, you know, ways for them to to be seen, you know, it becomes almost a job too soon. You know, and, and uh, that was the one great thing about, you know, not only high school baseball, but, you know, travel baseball, being able to, you know, it's almost like a family. You're playing with your brothers every single weekend you're out there. And, uh, you know, you keep the game fun and, you know, it, it's it's something that you want to work at as long as it's fun. When it becomes a business and, you know, then it's not fun anymore. Then, you know, all of a sudden that 0 for 4, you wear that a little bit harder, you know, than what you, uh, you know, that 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 loss or whatever it is. And, and then, you know, the game, it, it, they're not ready for that at, at 14, 15, 16 years old. A lot of them aren't ready for it at 18, 19. Mm-hmm. And from what we've seen over the past Ten years or so, a lot of them are ready for it at thirty years old. Mm-hmm. When you when, when you're coaching young people, and, and this is this is one of the things that we try to get across here here on this show. When, when you're coaching young people, and you get a kid that is all world, and a kid that has an attitude, how do how do you how do you manage that? And when I'm at, I'm asking this differently from the way I want uh, before because I want a kid that they're giving you problems. I mean, mm-hmm. he's the worst attitude ever. You know he's going to college. In your mind, you know, as, a, as an expert opinion on, on baseball, you, you can tell when a kid's going to play mm-hmm. in the majors or not. And just the same way you can tell that basketball coach, the good coaches can tell. As long as he can stay on the right track and not get in trouble or get hurt, he's probably going to get a check for this. How do you keep a kid like that when he has a really bad attitude away from the other kids? So it doesn't – because these things are, are just like – they're exactly like the, the plague. I mean, if one person gets it, everyone's going to have it if you don't be careful. Uh-huh. Um, it's funny because I had to do this not too long ago with a, with a young man. And this is one of the good things about having rankings and lists because I just show them all the kids that didn't from that list, all the kids that were highly ranked that for whatever reason they didn't make it. And you start seeing that, you know, if there's a top 100 and, you know, all 100 of those kids think that they're going to get a check for it, right? And then you, you start marking off the names and there's maybe 20 to 30 of them, you know, out of that top 100, they end up getting a check for it. Right. And, uh, and you show them right there, you know, it's, it's the, uh, you know, what's the old saying, your attitude determines your latitude. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, you start showing them all the kids that, that, that for whatever reason, they got full of themselves, they quit working hard and you, you know, you can go down the list and, and, you know, if you know those kids, you know, you can start, 
you know, showing them right then and there, then, you know, that, that usually cleans it up right there. Cause then, you know, they start thinking they're a lot better than what they really are. They're going to defy the odds, but you know. So did you get off the team? No, it didn't come to that point. Honestly, showing them that ranking and, and, you know, when, especially when you can show them the number one high school player in the country of this year, then it's, what's he doing now? Well, I don't know. Nobody's heard from him. You know, or he's struggling to do this, or he's struggling to do that, and then all of a sudden it's, oh, you know, yeah, it's, it's not going to be handed to you. I actually knew the answer to that question. I knew you didn't, just knowing you as a person. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I want, and the reason why I said I did it that way is because I wanted people to see what type of individual you are as far as, and give a coaching point. I mean, just because a kid has a bad attitude, you're a coach. That's what you're supposed to do. You have to coach, you have to teach, you have to lead. Everyone's instinct is just to get rid of a kid. If he's a problem, oh, get rid of him. No, you got it. Now, he can't become a disturbance for everybody else. You can't sacrifice one kid for the other, but you have to coach. You have to lead. Don't expect kids to do what you don't do. And I see that too much with with coaches these days. The the my way or the highway thing, it doesn't work anymore. I mean, you can't. I mean, these kids are on on TV. They're on the the Internet. Forget it. forget, Forget TV. The Internet. You're in all these magazines, all these different write-ups. So you have to understand that, for the most part, I mean, in a lot of ways, the kids have a lot more power than they did before. Good thing or a bad thing? I'd say bad thing because uh, not just the kid, but even the parent, you know, a lot of times they're new to it, right? A lot of parents, it's their first child or the oldest child, and it's the first time they're going through a situation. And, uh, you know, sometimes they, especially the parent, you know, they start reading it and a lot of, you know, a lot of parents are living vicariously through their ch- children. Oh, ridiculous. And, uh, you know, when they they think they have a little bit more leverage and they think that the rules don't apply to them. Um, you know, I mean, all those things. You, you mentioned um, we got to actually he's telling me we got to take a break. So here's what here's what's going to happen. We're going to take a little bit of a break here. Um, you mentioned travel baseball. We talk about that. Mm-hmm. We know you do travel baseball um, to some people. You know, when you basketball, football, soccer, especially with the boom of soccer in the past 25 years here in the United States, a lot of people say too much. Does it wear on kids? We're going to take a little bit of a break. We'll be back in about a minute. Dalen Monet in the studio with Brian, Mr. Baseball, Brian Hunter. We'll be right back. I'm your host, Kareef Berg. Get it done, Sports Radio. sure to friend us on facebook you can do it right now visit facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for us at keyword voice america Let's do it. get it done sports is one of the top sporting event facilitators and athletic trainers in the country get it done sports works with athletes to become the best they can be through speed agility and weight training as well as junior high and high school football camps Get It Done Sports provides an environment that fosters teamwork, discipline, responsibility, respect, family values, and of course, hard work. With specialized instruction and programs, low athlete-to-coach ratios, and an encouraging learning environment, every athlete gets the level of attention required to improve their skills. At Get It Done Sports, our objective is to develop the next generation of leaders, citizens, and athletes who will become the role models in our communities. For more information about Get It Done Sports training and football camps, please go to www.getitdonesports.com. In life, there are those who make excuses and those who get it done. You only live once. Get it done. 
what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host. For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. You are tuned in to Get It Done Sports Radio with Karif Bird. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Please call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to info at getitdonesportsradio.com. Now, back to the show. We are back. We got Dalen Monet in the studio. Uh, Brian Hunter has just arrived. <laughs> Mr. Baseball. Brian, how you doing, brother? Doing good, doing good. How you doing? If it don't, those you don't know, he was on a two week hiatus. He went on, <laughs> he went on vacation to the Bahamas. No, no. Uh, so he, no. He, he, I got he, kids. I got kids. <laughs> I went on a kid vacation. <laughs> we got Dale Monet in the studio. Get it done sports radio for all your speed and jillian sports performance needs. Send us an email, info at getdonesports.com. Look us up on the website, www.getdonesports.com. Dalen. We're talking about travel baseball before we left. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a team. Go ahead and tell us about your team. Um, well, we're part of the CBA program, which is uh, it's a it's pretty much a brand new uh, startup, you know, travel organization. Or they, it's kind of like a college prep kind of thing. So they don't have uh, you know anything under thirteen years old. Everything's high school and above. Uh, getting you know guys ready to to go on to the next level, whether it be uh, an NAIA school, Division three, a Division one, a you know Pac ten, whatever. They have uh, something for every level. What now? When you when you said mention high school, mm-hmm. what do you think is too young to start playing travel baseball? Because it's a year round thing, and does it? And because the reason why I ask because I know it's a lot of kids, especially when it comes mm-hmm. to sports like baseball, they get burnt out. By the time you get to high school, you know, you'll have 100 kids, 200 kids in a little league playing. And then all of a sudden, as they get older, they start to dwindle down. Mm-hmm. What do you think is too young? And how would you how would you and what advice would you give a parent to manage that so that it, so that it does does not happen? Well, every kid's different. Um, I think when when your son or daughter, whatever sport it is, whenever they're ready to make that commitment and know what the commitment entails. Right. Um, different, you know, organizations run it differently. I mean, some play three weekends a month. You know, I've, I've had travel teams. We're out there every single weekend and you're worried to give up, you know, your whole Saturday and Sunday and, and be in there, you know, be at the field at 7 a.m. And, and, you know, if you get to the to the championship game, it, it you might get off the field. It's, you know, seven, eight o'clock at night on a Sunday and then have to be at school the next morning. So, you know, when they're ready to do that, like I said, every child is different. Some are never are not ready to give up that kind of time. Right. Some aren't ready to give that up, whether it be the parent or the kid, you know, isn't ready to give up that kind of time Um, because it it is truly a commitment. If they're playing that much, they're probably practicing once or twice during the week. So, um, you know, if if your child has a passion for it, um, you you definitely feed that passion. Um, But at the same time, show them that there's other things to life besides that one sport. You know, try and go away for a weekend. Let them just be a kid. Um, learn to say no. You know, hey, we're not going to play this weekend. I'm, you know, we're going to go and do this, or we're going to do do that. And uh, you know, I have a, a young son that's coming up, and he's obsessed with baseball. I mean, every, I mean, he walks around with batting gloves. He tries to sneak batting gloves in his back pocket to go to school, and he's four years old. You know, and he and he just loves it. But I'm going to have to, you know. And my wife's totally opposite. She's into the arts and everything. So we're trying to, you know, get him into museums and doing other stuff just to, you know, just to kind of keep be, him well around it. You have to, mm-hmm. you have to be well around mm-hmm. it. Should I, I have a um. My youngest son is turning 11 on Friday. Mm-hmm. So he's been playing travel since nine. So um, I, I say, 
you know, until, he, you know, once he got the nine, they, they really don't know how to lead off yet, you know, all that type of stuff. So I'm thinking nine, ten, you know, get the little league out your system because in reality, little league and pony is, is really not that good. You know, and all the better players are starting to play at eight and nine and stuff like that. So when you go to those tournaments and you see some of the really good nine-year-olds, you know, it makes a difference then when you're going to play little league and pony. When they get to high school, though, I mean, you, you mentioned a second ago we were off air. You actually said, you know, you don't really get to see them that much. And it's pretty much the same in just about any sport because now they have year-round programs. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm asking this question is because, you know, when we came up, which seemed like a long time ago for me, you know, I graduated <laughs> in 19... longer for me. <laughs> I graduated in 1996. And I lost a little bit of touch with high school sports for about seven, eight years. People were saying certain things, but I didn't. What does that mean? It doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? It's like, oh, we got practice. I'm like, football season's over. Yeah. Basketball <laughs> season's over. And now they're doing things year round. Has it hurt? Well, I mean, you know, I want to ask you that. Well, I won't even say that. Do you feel like they should keep the off-season programs or eliminate them? Because it has caused kids not to be able to play multiple sports. And has that hurt kids, hurt the game? Your thoughts? I say keep it because um, there's only a very select few athletes that can that can play, you know, football, baseball, basketball on that kind of level. And honestly, that's the, probably the same kid that's going to go, you know, be able to pick up the next one and keep going with it. You know, go from football to basketball and, uh, you know, probably, you know, score in the teens, you know, somewhere for you. And then uh, and then that same kid, you know, he may start off two, three weeks slow in baseball, but he's going to catch it, you know, because he's a good enough athlete to play those other two sports. Athleticism is big mm-hmm. in, in sports. Big. Now, I, I actually had a coach tell me that he didn't see how making them a better athlete was going to make them a better baseball player. Your <laughs> thoughts on that? Well, I, I mean, it, I think it's different now. Um, back in the day when I was growing up, the 70s and 80s and you know early 90s, it was all athletes, you know, pretty much playing baseball. You know, guys who play multiple sports. Now I see it being, you know, pretty much baseball players just play baseball and to me most of those guys aren't athletic and you can see it you know i'm, I'm sure daily can see you know some of the kids out there who just play baseball and then you take that one kid who can play multiple sports you know it'll take him a week or two but he's going to be better than that other kid but that other kid plays year round so athleticism is important it's big to me i think it's huge so so say it one more time please athleticism. It's, it's, it's really big for me especially if you want to play you know if you want to play in a national league you know you have to play two positions you know you i mean I played in the National League with Bobby Cox. You know, I, I, I played first base and I played all three outfield positions. So if you double switch, you know, you're only going to double switch with somebody who can play multiple positions. National League is a slow, I mean, American League is a slower game. You know, it takes longer. You know, it's not no double switches. You know, it's no pinch hitting and all that type of stuff. So if you can play multiple sports, you know, it's only going to help you in the long run if you're going to end up being a baseball player. Well, when I look at baseball guys and I probably the only one that kind of stands out to me right now where he looks the same as the players did back in 1985, 88, you know, 89, 90, is Prince Fielder looks about as <laughs> <He looks laughs> the same as his dad. Yeah. Right? He, can hit the, he can hit the ball, but he looks about as bad as, as his dad. What has been the transition from baseball, from Brian, when you played back in the late 80s and early 90s and all through the 90s to where Dalen, when you came out, in 2002, what has been the biggest difference? And I'll ask you first, Brian and Dalen, you tell me where you pick up from where he, he left off. Shoot, and um, it was really only one team. Uh, the White Sox program had a, a strength coach, you know, coming up to the minor leagues in the uh, late 80s. 
Uh, when I got to the big leagues in 91, we didn't even have a weight room in Atlanta. You know, we just had, it was a room, but it just had like, looked like a garage set of weights, you know, so it gradually got better. So when I ended up in 2000, we have trainers, you know, we have, you know, it's more nutrition stuff going on. Plus, you know, the 90s was at that, uh, that steroid era, so you didn't have to use too much. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I think the biggest difference was, you know, especially now when, when Dalen take over in 2000, um, in the beginning, it wasn't really trainers. You know, we had trainers, but we didn't have no weight trainers, you know, and then gradually just start picking up. And to continue on, those things weren't available to us as high school athletes. You know, I didn't I didn't have a speed coach or anything until I got to college uh, at Oklahoma State, that is. And T. Boone made sure that we had, you know, everything that we needed. Right. And that's the first time I had a speed conditioning program. Everything else would just show up. And and I mean, we had some weights in there and made sure you spent an hour. But I mean, what we were doing, there was no program. And uh, and then, you know, once I got into pro baseball, then, of course, you know, there was a somewhat of a program in place. But a lot of it is taking accountability for your own career, mm-hmm. you know. So if you wanted to beat the next guy um, and be better than him, then you needed to make sure that you're on a weight program. But but having that, you know, accessibility is, as far as, uh, you know, high school or, or even junior high, they're already in speed camps and all kinds of stuff. That, that stuff wasn't around quite yet. Yeah, and, and it's totally different for baseball because, you know, in, in football, you, you know, that the players, you know, they have, you know, they lift still during the year. In football and baseball, it's really hard to lift weights, you know, during the year, especially if you're playing every day. Yeah. You know, we, we play in the big leagues, we play 162 games. It's really hard to try to get up in the morning and try to go work out or come to the yard and get a workout in. It's just, you know, it's just too much on your body. What's it like being on the road? As a professional baseball player, oh, talk about the bushes. Talk about the bushes. <laughs> I'm talking, talking about the bushes. I'm, I'm talking about from the baseball aspect. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the bushes. Not, the not, early not, stages. This is what the, I want to talk about. During the game, on the plane, uh, oh, the I, bus. Yeah, the bus. Me, bus. Daily, the I'm bus. on the bus. But talk about this. Talk about. I, I have a story. When I, I won't say it, but I want to hear your story. When you you signed your contract, mm-hmm. uh, they give you where you're going. Tell me about uh, flying. You getting picked up, you know, at the airport oh, and, yeah. you know, all that experience. <laughs> Tell me about that experience. I remember I flew into Newark, uh, Newark, New Jersey. I was playing in New York Penn League. Um, my ride for one was late because yep. uh, yep. we were way up in Sussex County, which is like the tri-state, you know, up there, Pennsylvania, upstate New York and, and, uh, and New Jersey. The ride was late. I was sitting there with a, a bag full of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... Uh, I remember I waited there for about two hours. Some, you know, skinny, scrawny guy comes up in a, in a red Cardinals polo. He looked like he just rolled out of bed himself, uh, came and picked me up and said, you know, you Dalen? I said, yep. He said, all right, we're waiting for two more guys. And I waited for another two hours, you know, for guys. Because <laughs> it didn't make sense for him to drive all the way back and come back and get the next two guys. So I sat there and waited and, you know, tried to figure out something common to talk to the guy about. And, and uh and yeah, from there I remember we uh, we drove up and. Uh, what about your ride? What, 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 like the stuff that you've seen? Have you ever been that that far out of California before? Uh, New Jersey? Yeah. Have you been to New Jersey before? Before you no, got there? No, I no, and I and it wasn't anything like New York. What I expected. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was uh, as soon as you left Newark, man. It was deer crossing signs and all kind of different stuff, and it was it was the sticks, man. It was it was out there. Well, that's crazy. Well, here's the thing. Now I know you had to, your, your ride was late. But I don't really feel sorry for you because Michael Jordan's ride didn't even show up. <laughs> for baseball? No. When he got drafted by the Bulls, his oh, ride didn't oh, show okay. up. Oh. He actually became buddies with the guy who actually became his driver for the rest of his career. And he's still best friends with him now because his, his person 
didn't sh- he was there to pick someone else up and his yeah. person had missed their flight. Uh-huh. So my the, the Bulls didn't even come pick up Michael Jordan. Yeah. I never they, heard they that forgot. story. Yes, I didn't they, know that either. Yeah, I they never forgot. Heard that so story. I don't feel bad for you guys because if Michael Jordan can get left, we all can get left. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Really quick, I I, I want to tell you guys about the bus I was on. Okay. The first time. I mean, it looked I don't know if anyone here has really uh seen Major League. Yes, I yeah, have. It was that yeah. old bus that almost looked like aluminum, you know, paneling on the side. Yeah, uh-huh. That's exactly what I rode in. No air conditioning. Um, you had to sit next to somebody. Look, you know the lower minor yeah. league levels, right? It, it, it's a how different experience. How long was the ride? Uh, it was a four and a half hour ride. Oh, that's easy. That's <laughs> easy. No that's air easy. conditioning in the middle of the summer. Roll the windows down. Uh, no windows, really. No windows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely not a, uh, you know, at the time, what, DVD player. Actually, it was VHS, I think, we're still on those. We didn't even have that. Uh-huh. But uh, I do remember we had, you know, the starting pitcher got to pick the music. Okay. So we had four and a half hours. Country? Country, no, I wish. Because then I at least understood the words. Okay. Because, you know, the lower minor league level is a lot more Dominican, yeah. Venezuelan yeah. players. Yeah. So we listened to a small boom box for four and a half hours in the heat, and they're back there eating peaches with, with uh and mangoes with flies flying around them and everything else. But, I mean, we, you know, <laughs> those ended up being some of my best friends. It just, you know. Eating the peaches, I would have fit, fit, fit right in. Yeah. 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 Georgia peach, baby. I would have fit right in. <laughs> Nothing like bus rides in the minor leagues. It's, it's always a story. But four and a half hours on the bus. That's though, easy. It, it, That's easy. Well, I, I, I can attest to that because I had to ride. When I was in Europe, we bust everything. We uh-huh. had to go seven mm-hmm. hours. That's easy to a game too. and then come back the exact same day and come seven hours the same way. Yeah. Seven was my longest. Yeah. Wow. But I had a couple 14 hours in there. Ooh. 14? <laughs> yeah. I had, oh, a couple, I had a couple good ones. I'd be like, Coach, I'm hurt this week. Come on. Greenville, Greenville to Memphis, Greenville to Jacksonville, Greenville to Orlando. Coach, I'm hurt. Come on. Sitting right next to somebody snoring in your ear I'm, after I'm, a game. Coach, I'm hurt. I'm sick. No, I'm yeah. Minor leagues. Yeah. Minor leagues is no joke. So you have to pay your dues. Oh, yeah, for real. You have, you have to, pay you have to want dues. to get out of there. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, that was like, um, you know, my high school fields and, and especially college fields are better than all the minor league fields I played on. All these minor league fields you see now around here, these fields are great compared yeah. to what I played on back oh, in the day. The, the kids complain about the littlest things oh. in some of these fields. I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? Come on. You have grass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see that yeah. one spot over there that you complain yeah. about? It's what the whole field looked like in high yeah. school. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard. You know, don't let don't let it rain. Oh, no, don't let it rain. And next day the sun comes out, especially down south, because oh, it'll Florida. rain. Spring training rain. It, it, it'll spring, it'll yeah, rain. Spring training rain. You think the you think the day is over? Day is over. And then as soon as an hour, and an hour, and an hour later, it looks like it, it looks like mm-hmm. it didn't even rain. And yeah. it's hotter, it looks like too. it didn't even rain. So mm-hmm. I mean, these kids complain about these little things these days. I'm thinking to myself, you guys have no idea no, no. how good you have it. Mm-hmm. You have no. no idea. You, you you can't even you know kids have Gatorades and stuff. Come on, man. We had, to, we had to pick, bring your own stuff yeah. and hope no one stole it. Yeah. Hope nobody drank <laughs> it on the bench. And guess what? They got refrigerators now. You had to buy the ice thing. You had to remember when you went home that afternoon to put that back in the freezer mm-hmm. and remember to put it back in the cooler before yeah. you left the house. Privileged privilege kids now. Everywhere. Easy. Turf fields. You know, the, the equipment's always new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, back then, you know, lucky if you got a uniform that fit correctly. Yeah. Sponsorships. Yeah. That's the other thing. Oh, wow. Right? It, it, With all the sponsorships going around, everybody has yeah. the, nicest of, the nicest of the nice. Not, yeah. not, it costs you a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, for a little, you know, just for, you know, for a little spirit pack, a new uniform. Mm-hmm. And go, oh, that's too much money. Are you kidding me? This used to be 600 bucks at one time. Yeah. And, you know, 600 bucks back in 1996 was a lot, was a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, it still is today, but it was, it was a lot of money. So these kids, don't, I don't think they understand, you know, the difference. So when you when you with the young kids, okay, and you're giving them 
part of their your coaching obviously is to is to is to is to bring your background into the fold. Uh-huh. What stories do you tell the most? The hard time stories, the good time stories. Hard time. I never talk about the good time, right? Um, I mean, every, it, it's always easy, you know, to sit there and brag about yourself. I was this, I was that. But what you need to realize is that, that the game is hard, especially baseball. Um, so, you know, most of the time, the only time I, I, I try and pull, you know, out a story, it's usually to bring somebody back up. Hey, I've gone through this or something similar to this. Um, and then that can help, you know, a kid that's struggling, you know, because sometimes they think, you know, the world's ending. Right. And I said, this is two weeks you've been struggling out of your whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, just two weeks. Just, you know, suck it up for one. And uh, and and live to see another day. And sometimes you have to give the same pep talk to the parents. Yeah, yeah. My my, my story is I, I don't go too hard on them, but uh, when I'm coaching the high school kids, and we are in Arizona, we are in Florida, we are you know in Atlanta playing, and these guys think they can play. You know they want to go to the big leagues, but they want a day off. Mm-hmm. You know for a week stand, they want a day off. Can I DH? I'm like, no, you can't DH. You know, if you want to be a big league, you got to play. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the kind of stories. You know, I'm motivating them all the time. I never say nothing negative to a kid. But, uh, you know, the ones who think they're a little bit better than what they really are, you know, I try to expose them, you know, try to let them know who they really are. But I also try to, you know, just make sure, you know, they have something positive to think about. I don't think young people understand just how difficult it is, though. Forget about the pros. Just to even go to college to yeah. play baseball. Oh, yeah. I don't think they understand the difficulty of it. And, and that's just in any sport. We talking about soccer, mm-hmm. baseball, football, basketball. I don't think they understand the magnitude and the talent level that's in college. Everybody was all league. Yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. was all world, yeah. state. Come, yeah, come out of high school. Yeah. You walk in that you you walk. That's the reason why you've been recruited. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're about to compete. Now can with you compete? The best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you compete? We got to take a little another break, but when we come back, I want to retouch on that. So, so don't forget your thoughts. Don't go away. We'll be right back in a few minutes. to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bench his ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Let's do it. Get It Done Sports is one of the top sporting event facilitators and athletic trainers in the country. Get It Done Sports works with athletes to become the best they can be through speed, agility, and weight training, as well as junior high and high school football camps. Get It Done Sports provides an environment that fosters teamwork, discipline, responsibility, respect, family values, and, of course, hard work. With specialized instruction and programs, low athlete-to-coach ratios, and an encouraging learning environment, every athlete gets the level of attention required to improve their skills. 
At Get It Done Sports, our objective is to develop the next generation of leaders, citizens, and athletes who will become the role models in our communities. For more information about Get It Done Sports training and football camps, please go to www.getitdonesports.com. In life, there are those who make excuses and those who get it done. You only live once. Get it done. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are tuned in to Get It Done Sports Radio with Karif Bird. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Please call in to 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to info at getitdonesportsradio.com. Now, back to the show. We are back. Dale Monet, Brian Hunter. We got quiet Erin Brown is in the studio. She's not talking. I don't understand at what point. She gets in front of the mic and she gets quiet. You get away from the mic. You can't get her to be quiet. So I'm, 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 I'm actually talking trash because I want her to get her to talk today. Like, ask some questions, please. But we were talking a few seconds ago about uh, kids not realizing what it takes to make it to the next level and how hard it is. You know, you, you see guys that sit the bench in different sports in the pros and you, a lot of kids get the, the, the impression, oh, he sucks or he's not any good or she's not any good. What do you, what is your approach when you hear things like that or kids, you know, because I'm, I'm sure you may deal with it too. Well, I never heard of you. You, did, you didn't do this, but you got to mm-hmm. check for it. How do you explain to kids, hey, man, you get a check for it, how difficult that was? That's a good question because, uh, you know, especially nowadays, you know, they need to also realize that, you know, the Internet wasn't what it was. Exactly. Right now you can find anyone that, that hasn't done anything that may not even play in college. You can read all kinds of stuff about that, you know, the young man or young lady. Um, so a lot of times it's it's – you need to check them on, first of all, when you came up, but then you don't want to date yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you also need to, you know, let them know, uh, you know, you did what you had to do. You're confident in yourself. And this is, you know, and I'm here for a reason. I'm here to help you out to get you, you know, further than where I got. I mean, I, I go on that, too. You know, and, and granted that I did play, uh, I, I try to, you know, not use me playing. You know, my biggest thing, and I, I'm a big time competitor. Um, you know, I'll, I'll get out there and, and get out there with you. You know, when it's time to take ground balls, I tell them, I guarantee I'll take better ground balls and do everything better than you. And I'm way older. And, uh, so just so they can compete, you know, I, I really, really want them to compete, uh, at all times. So, um, I, I very seldom say stuff about myself, but, uh, you know, I, I'll drop a story here or there or drop a name here or there, but I'm out there with them. You know, I, I want to do stuff with them. No, and, and I agree. I, I coach young people, and I get the same thing. Oh, well, you set the bench at Georgia. Like, well, hold on a second now. I mean, who's recruiting you? Yeah. You know, yeah. you got to understand people don't, it, it's a difficult thing to do. It's not, they're getting the, 
getting the best of the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the, the, the best talent is playing in the SEC. I know some of you Pac-12 people, agree, <laughs> but, hey. but, yeah, I mean, but it still boils down to me. It, it, when it's all said and done, you're going to have to compete, you know, regardless. So I always tell them, and you can go each stage, you know, when, when I, I, you know, here's the other thing. I think the kids, once they're seniors and, and they're pretty successful in their high school program, they forget when they go to college that they're a freshman again. And then they're a peon again. And they're like nobody unless they're just a guy type of deal. So I always tell on the baseball side, I always tell kids that if you if you bat third or fourth and you go to college and they already got a third or fourth hitter there, you may be hitting seven, eight, nine, you know, depending on, you know, what you can do. So if you're a third or fourth hitter, I always try to make my kids learn how to bunt, you know, do everything because it's going to turn back around. You know, what's a difficult task dealing with a young person who's been because. Usually when a person, if he goes to Oklahoma State to play football, basketball, goes to Georgia, Florida, whatever, you know, Ohio State and Michigan, if he goes there, usually he's probably been a great player his whole life, for Mm -hmm. the most part. Mm -hmm. So he's been the guy. He's been the man. All of a sudden, we're going to, you you show up on campus at the University of Texas, and all of a sudden, you're just somebody that's in a uniform. Or in a practice uniform, mm-hmm. and it's di- some. It's difficult for a lot of young people to, to deal with that failure for the first time. Yeah, you, pretty exactly. It's failure. Mm-hmm. How important do you feel it is for kids to? And this is going to sound messed up, but how important do you do you think it is for kids to have some failures early on in life? I think it's important, uh, not just in sports, but in, in, in life, life. Yeah. in life, to, deal with, some, to deal with some adversity. Because that's a life situation. Yeah, exactly. That's a yeah, life situation. Is. Yeah, it's, it's going to shock you. Um, I think my one of my very best, and I'll drop this name, one of my very best friends, uh, Brett Barbary, uh, second baseman, you know, Olympics, you know, high school, got drafted like seven times, you know, never signed until he went to SC and then got drafted. He probably, he's, um, he's a little bit, he's like a year older than me, but he probably should have just finished playing, you know, but... The first time he got released, you know, that was almost it. You know, he didn't know how to bounce back because it never happened to him before, ever. You know, he was always the guy. You know, even though I played with him, he was he's, his name was still a little bit higher than mine. So, you know, and we, we talked about it. You know, we had a long conversation. I was, like, playing off of him. He was playing off of me, which we – I'm like, how are you playing off of me? I'm trying to get like you. You know, that was my drive. You know, but, um, you know, when we had our conversation about that, you know, that's, that's what he said. And then in my mind, I was thinking – Man, if it ever if you ever would have failed one time, you know, you would have been able to bounce back. You know? We are definitely in the coddling age oh, believe it. Of, mm-hmm. of young people. Uh, parents don't want to see their kids fail. They don't want to see their kids get disappointed. Yep. And I, I've seen it myself with guys. Now, now I, I won't use names again, but I, I know someone who came in. He was all world, and all of a sudden, it didn't quite work out for him. So he's pointing fingers. He's blaming other people. But... Coaches, I think, and parents need to allow their kids to become experience some disappointment. It's mm-hmm. never going to come back. That's why we. That's why kids get a trophy for coming in last place. I don't understand. I, 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 I still tries, can't believe that. Drives me nuts. You know? And mm-hmm. what is the not keeping score thing? Yeah. What, is, what does that do? What is yeah. the point of playing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all, all these new rules. What, what's the point of having a um, uh, Saturday game for freshmen because you have too many freshmen? Well, if you're not good enough to start, you got to get on special teams. Get on special teams. That's just the way it is. You I know. don't. This fifth quarter thing. Yeah. Don't like it. Don't like none of it. I think we're setting the kids up for failure, personally, yeah. I, I, because you have to. You, I think you have to fail to be successful. What did Frederick Douglass say? 
There's no success without struggle. No. I think you have to fail to be successful. And putting a kid in a situation where everyone's keeping, you know, no one keeping score, everyone's, the game is tied. Look, they scored 10 goals. Yeah. And you scored three. You lost. <laughs> it's the bottom line. Yeah. When I was growing up, you got a trophy for first place That's it. only. That's it. If only one blue ribbon. Yeah, if you didn't come in first place, you, you didn't get a trophy. Yeah. You know, talk about talk about. Here's here's another thing. We, they didn't have it. We're gonna hit Dalen on this one. We did, they didn't have it when I was growing up. The travel baseball scene, to me, is I, I liked it, but I don't like to where. You know, kids can bounce around team to team. <laughs> they got regular. I, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't stand that. When when yeah. I played, it was only Mickey Mantle and Connie Mack, but you had to sign a contract. Mm-hmm. You know, and you played for that year. And if you wanted to bounce around, or you felt, are you, I'm better than this person. He's playing, he's playing, and all that stuff. Like the parents, this is the parents talking, and you can go to another team. They wouldn't let you. You know, another team wouldn't take you. So talk a hit on that. And that's that's probably the number one problem in the younger uh, the younger age divisions. They just bounce and bounce and bounce, and and there can be one or two tournaments where little Johnny didn't play well, or somebody played over Johnny, and they felt like you know the situation isn't you know what's best for them anymore. And they up and, and Monday morning they're calling another coach and they're paying their dues to another team, yep. and it happens all the time. Jerseys, about like six jerseys. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're gonna can we borrow this player? No, you can't borrow my player. You know. <laughs> How do you regulate that though? You don't. You can't. I mean, I mean, me personally, I didn't. I didn't have too many of my kids do that when I was coaching travel ball because I was involved with all the parents. Mm-hmm. You know, the parents knew, my boys knew what positions and you know what they were going to play. Um, like Dana said earlier, up the middle, I had about, I had more middle infielders and center fielders, so I would do like a little triangle. You know, my shortstop would go to center, center would go. To, I mean, we do that just so they can get it in, and then I would tell parents, you know. Like the parents didn't believe it when they were twelve, but I'm like, your son is going to play this position when he gets to high school, and then now they call me. You told me he was going to play. That. Well, I told you he's not going to be a shortstop. You know, so I, I really had good conversations with my parents. So um, what I what I would say to the travel ball coaches that's out there, you know, really try to communicate with your parents, and then you know you probably won't have that much stuff happen. Maybe a gentleman's agreement. I don't know because the problem with that is what I see coming out of that. It leads into almost the same thing we were talking about with the failure. You get a kid. He's 10 years old. He's played for five trial ball teams because he doesn't like this. Yep. He doesn't like that. Okay, so he goes to college. Uh, goes to high school, excuse me. I don't like this coach. He does this. So now I'm transferring half, halfway mm-hmm. through the year. Yep. Then the next year, well, he didn't do this, so I'm moving over here. And next thing you know, he's going to three high schools in four years. And then as a coach, it's a red flag for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, soon, what I think is as soon as something doesn't go his way, he's going to want to jump ship because mm-hmm. that's what he's used to doing. So then, you know, he gets out of college. He gets married. The men and him and his wife have an argument. I'm out of here. You got two kids, but you're leaving. I just think it just sets up it's a, keep on a going. road, exactly what it does. It's a, gonna a, keep a road on going. to problems, a yeah. domino effect. It just keeps dropping and dropping. I just, I don't think people understand the things you do with young people early sets the tone for what's going to happen later on in life. That's in my opinion. Take it how you want it. Di- agree or disagree. That's just the way I feel. I don't know. Okay. That's just me. I'm not on. See, I'm going to put my mic on. They're not allowed. Well, that's... <laughs> yeah, I, that, that, that. Is this switch on? It is. It's okay. All right. So from a parent's perspective, okay. first and foremost, um, I think the reason why kids jump the way they do is because their parents allow for that. Yep. You know, So they create that 
challenge for the the athlete because they do feel their athlete is better than others or the coach is not as good as someone else and and so and so over here is doing better than you know this guy so the parents create that but from a parent's perspective there's not a lot of education when you tell a parent it's not little league anymore you really have to define what that looks like for people because if your coach isn't a communicator the parents are like well okay it's not little league we get it but they don't understand they're still in that mindset Uh so they're not Uh educated And I go back to that a lot because I just had a son that went through the process. And um, and I'm not one of those parents, thankfully, but I'm surrounded by those parents. And they don't know what's going on. And therefore, they treat it like Little League yeah. all the time. So how do you combat that? I mean, I guess it's communication. Yeah, from the coaching standpoint, you Start have to talk keeping to the score yeah. when the kids are young. <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you get it across. Yeah. Yeah, the coaches have to communicate, you know, and and I was big on that. I, I was really big on talking to my parents. You know, what you what you got? Yeah, you know what? I I think it's actually the coach's responsibility, especially once you get to high school, because when you're running a program, your name's on that program, whether it be you know CBA baseball, which you know I, I'm I'm running one of those squads, or if it's uh you know modern day high school, any high school, mm-hmm. any program, that's that's you know that's your seal. That's what you're putting. You know, that's what you're putting on there, and. uh you definitely need to make sure that, you know, um, there's a standard set, you know, with parents, with communication with kids, with parents. And there's always going to be disgruntled parents. But if you, you know, let that be said earlier, that they don't run this, that the coach runs this, the AD runs this, and that's the way the program runs, then there's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Set a tone mm-hmm. at the beginning. Right out the Because shoot. problems you allow to take place are problems that you let parents, you implied to parents that it was okay for some of this stuff to be done. You, like he said, you're always going to have a disgruntled parent. Regardless. Does not, always. does Regardless. not matter. Because, no you know, if kid has, you know, 10 home runs and the parents said, well, no, he hit 11. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Someone's going to be mad about that. But you're always going to have disgruntled parents. My thought for this is keep score when they're younger. <laughs> Don't give trophies unless you come in first place. Okay. And if your kid is not happy, he doesn't like a coach, so what? Stick it out. You're always going to have coaches you don't like. They're telling me we are out of time, unfortunately. Um, Dalen, thanks for coming by. No Real problem. quick, if you want to give a plug to anything, you're welcome to do so. you got about 40 seconds. Uh, yeah, for any uh, high school baseball players that are looking to, you know, Move travel teams, or or to actually get involved, or to get involved with the travel ball organization, cbabaseball.org. Um, there's plenty of teams, like I said, from from the lower levels we call the rookie levels, um, the rookie teams, all the way up to you know uh, our Marucci squad, which is sponsored, and, and it's a little bit you know more heavy duty. But every single coach uh, has an extensive playing you know uh, career behind them, and and, uh, and and this is what they do, you know. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you guys want to, you know, come visit the site and, and see if it's a, it's a situation for you, we uh, we service all the way from uh, the L.A. area down to San Diego and, and everything in between. I'm Karif Bird. Dalen, thanks for coming by, man. I appreciate you coming through the studio today. Uh, Get It Done Sports Radio, Mr. Baseball, Brian Hunter, and Mrs. I'm Quiet Today, Aaron Brown. Get It Done Sports, Get It Done Sports Radio for all your sports performance needs www.getitdonesports.com We will see you next week same time, same place. Thanks for joining us. God bless and have a great week.
thanks again for listening to Get It Done Sports Radio, featuring host Karif Bird. Be sure to tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Until then, make it an amazing week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.